0: welcome to Campus Connections. I am your host, Ashley Tem, and this show is by and for people who are in the education field. The hope is these conversations will allow leaders to hear and voice different opinions, perspectives, and philosophies to cultivate a better future. On today's episode, we have Charletta Sims-Evans, who is a student development professional with over 20 years in higher education Counseling, and mental health. Sims Evans has a diverse background with experience in both state and private institutions, including historically black colleges and universities and a women's college. She possesses a proven ability to build strong and collaborative relationships with special skill at engaging individuals in dynamic and interactive learning experiences. Here is Charlotta Sims Evans.
1: Hi, Ashley. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure being here. I guess I can tell you a little bit about my background. I think I fell into higher education by mistake. I started out, my background was in mental health. Um, I started out as a certified therapeutic recreational specialist, a CTRS, certified therapeutic recreational specialist. And I actually worked at a mental institution, a psychiatric hospital, in Washington, D.C. for several years. Um, that was very stressful. That was not what I wanted to do long-term. So I went back to graduate school and received my master's in guidance and counseling. Wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with that. Thought I wanted to be a guidance counselor. So of course I did my practicum in like uh, elementary school. And I was like, that that's not me. K through 12 was not where I wanted to be. So I did that for a couple of years and um, realized that higher education is where I wanted to be. So I started out in mental health, did K through 12 for a while, and ended up in higher education. So I started out um, in student affairs as an admissions counselor. So I did recruitment for a long time, traveled a lot. Then I did multicultural affairs, did student leadership, um, did a lot of different things in student affairs, but I've been in my current position at UNC Chapel Hill at the Gillings School of Global Public Health for nine years. So the position that I'm currently in has been a combination of a lot of different things that I've done over the past 20 years. So it's like a combination of all the things I've done in student affairs, with the combination of my background in counseling and mental health which has really helped me in my current role. So I think that's how I've got to where I am now.
0: That's wonderful. You have such a unique background. And that always reminds me of whatever you kind of started out with, you never know where you're finishing, right?
1: Absolutely. I try to tell that to students all the time. You think you're going to start on one path. You know, you got your mindset on one thing and your road is just never this kind of straight Pat, it just winds and it twists and it turns. I had no idea that I would end up, I didn't even know when I was in graduate school what student affairs was. Who knew that? I mean, I'm in my 50s, so I didn't know what that was. You know, when I was in I went to graduate school and I was 20, 23, 24, I didn't know student affairs. I think back then we called it um, college personnel, <laughs> or it wasn't even student affairs, I don't think, when I was in graduate school. Um, so I didn't know that. Um, but I'm glad I fell into it. It's definitely become my passion and what I enjoy doing the most and what I'm fitted and suited to do.
0: I think you are a great example of learning to trust the process, see where things go and just hope it's all going to work out. And it did. It did for you. And so that's always exciting to, to see someone thrive and find their uh, perfect role, right? And perfect kind of just Absolutely. like place of work.
1: And the transition wasn't difficult. I know I talked to a lot of different professionals. People will find me on LinkedIn and they'll see the career path and they'll ask, you know, how did you go from counseling and how did you get into higher education? It was not a very difficult leap. I always tell people, you know, if you want to understand, you know, student development or higher education, admissions is great work to start in because you really do learn a lot about an institution if you work in enrollment management if you work in the admissions field, because you have to learn a lot about an institution when you do that. So that taught me a lot about universities. And you learn about other universities too because they're your competitors. (laughs) So you get to learn a lot when you start out in enrollment management.
0: That's very good points to hit on. And you're working with so many different students with such different backgrounds, right? And they're all coming from various levels of, income, you know, family backgrounds, equitable circumstances.
1: That's a good point.
0: Yes. And so using your background in counseling and the the mental health sector, and now having that as a key role in your current position, tell us a little bit more about the support for students in mental health and fitness.
1: So, you know, it's been a year that we've been, you know, through this pandemic, but Prior to the pandemic, you know, with all of the, you know, civil and racial unrest, you know, in the country, we definitely saw a need to support our students in a different way. Um, So we definitely wanted to start a support group on campus, you know, for our BIPOC students. We saw that there was a need. So right before the pandemic, we were going to start an in person support group. And as soon as we started that, it was like shelter in place, everybody go home, the pandemic hit. And of course I work in the school of public health, so we were like, everybody get out of the building, we're not coming back. So we started a virtual support group for our black students and international students, because there was a lot of concern for our international students that they were definitely being marginalized in a different way and people were like, we don't wanna be around certain students because of the pandemic. So we had to make sure we had certain things and certain supports in place. So we noticed that we wanted to have support for uh, marginalized uh, populations of students. So we created two different types of programs. We created a series of workshops called Wind Down Wednesdays Mental Fitness Series that we offered every other Wednesdays. And they were definitely to make sure students stayed engaged stay focused and stay, you know, mentally fit. We always talk about being physically fit and staying physically healthy, but we never talk about how you need to stay mentally fit and mentally healthy. So every two weeks we had virtual sessions and the turnout was really good. You know, we had about 15 to 30 students every session. Um, And for us, that was a pretty good turnout when you don't have food and people in a virtual space. Um, And we even had some faculty and staff who attended. I I have to admit, I'm glad I had to go because the sessions were great for me as well. We had sessions on identity and self-worth, how to deal with grief and loss during the pandemic, not just death, but everybody lost something during the pandemic and how to cope with that. We had um, sessions about radical self-care, food and your health one of the better sessions but a lot of people didn't attend was how to fail better and i think the title probably scared students because nobody wants to fail but we all do Um, the good thing about these sessions they all are recorded and they all are on our virtual student website so we also created a site where everything that happened in our school across the university and around the Triangle area is archived on our virtual student website. So if students didn't want to attend and feel up to it, if they were fatigued from Zoom, they can go to this site and watch it whenever they wanted to. If you're a morning person, you watch it when you get up. If you're a night person, you watch it whenever you have time. Um, We also had a really good session about burnout and the stress cycle that was a really good session too. So we offered all of these sessions to help students cope with just being in a different state than they've ever experienced before. And it was a really good turnout with students. It's probably one of the most successful things we've ever done. And I realized that um, having this virtual space with students was really intimate, that you didn't need 50 people in this space because the conversations and the dialogue we had would not have worked if you had that many students. There was always a core group of about 15 to 20 students. The conversations were really rich and it ended up being really good. So I think we will continue to have these sessions um, and we'll continue to have them virtually.
0: I think that's great to continue virtually because although We are nearing hopefully the end of the pandemic and we all return back to hosting in-person lectures. There is something still unique and positive about holding virtual events and webinars because it does allow individuals to utilize them or to look them up on their free time, just like
1: you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And we have these, um, you know, Wednesdays at five o'clock and that's not going to suit everybody. Um, But we did have our regulars; People look forward to it. You know, they can eat and chill. They don't have to be on the screen. But if that doesn't fit your schedule, you can always go back to it. And we, you know, we had, you know, some analytics to run and like over 500 people had checked in and watched the videos. So we know people are watching them.
0: That's great. Five hundred views is wonderful.
1: I know we would never had that many people in person. <laughs> oh, never. <yeah. laughs> I mean, there's not enough pizza and salad boxes and you know in the world that we could have done. And it was right. very affordable. You know, I was able to get you know practitioners from all over. We had because from New York, from different you know areas in North Carolina. I couldn't have afforded to do this. And, you know, it helps students reach out to different counselors that they can reach out to, that they can see virtually, that they don't have to drive to an office to see.
0: You are so right. In a weird way, when we were all forced to socially distance because of the pandemic, it actually opened a door to allow us to connect even nationwide, virtually.
1: It did. It's been great for students that they were able to say, This is a counselor that I connected with that I would have never seen before because they're in Charlotte and I'm in Chapel Hill and they're not going to drive to Charlotte. Or This is, you know, a life coach that I just met through this, you know, mental fitness series that's in New York that I would have never connected with before that now I can see virtually. So it worked out really well.
0: That's great. That's great. I wanted to touch point on something that you mentioned earlier. You said that one of your, um, the one webinar that you really liked was how to fail better. That one really interested me right now. I was hoping that you could expand a little bit more on what that webinar entailed.
1: That was probably one of my most Favorite. So how to feel better, and I mean, they all were great. But how to feel better was really about how to be successful. That in order to to be successful, sometimes you have to fail. That you, how to feel better was about really about how to be successful. And I think, it, like I said, it was one of the sessions that we only had two students to attend. And I think the title probably scared students because nobody wants to fail. Um, But it was really about how to be successful and about how you're going to make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes and that mistakes only help you learn how to do things better. Um, It was really about how to to be okay with failing and how to work through and get through your mistakes so you can make improvements. So it was really helpful. Um, And I hope students do go back Um, and watch that, I'm going to go talk to our communication team and just kind of look at the analytics and see how many students actually watch that. And I'm going to ask the presenter to come back and do that session over because, you know, the content was so helpful. It's really about being successful and being okay with mistakes that you make and how you learn from your mistakes. But you fail sometimes and it's okay to fail.
0: Oh, definitely. And I think we're talking about mental health and mental fitness. And as we all make mistakes, we have to find coping skills and coping mechanisms. Because when we get knocked down, you know, per se, we have to learn how to get back up again. Right. Right. Well, I am definitely going to check out that recording. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. I'll put the, the link is in the chat. All of our recordings are there. Anybody can watch them anytime you want to.
0: Awesome. So I would love to hear more about what you find are the, the number one or priority aspects for mental fitness for higher ed professionals and servicing students.
1: Well, higher ed professionals, I think it's the pace at which we go sometimes cannot be um, sustainable. We tend to be, you know, all things to all people all the time. And we don't tend to take good care of ourselves because we're taking care of students and everyone else. And I know people are really tired of the whole self-care thing, but it is important. And definitely because we've been working at home that we don't take breaks like we should because we're, we're at home. So we're always working, prioritizing that and taking some real time off. And that means shutting down your computer whenever your day is over to actually end it. Um, and that's what I had to learn to practice this year. And my son, who was nine years old, had to help me with that when it was five o'clock, I had to really shut things down because it could be nine o'clock and I'm still checking email and still working. So I had to learn to really end my day. And sometimes that meant actually doing my commute. If it didn't mean really actually driving back to Chapel Hill, it meant taking a drive to physically put myself in a different space and to leave my house. So I had to figure out a way to actually change my mindset about being in my home and working because I would just continue to work all day long and it was just not healthy. I was working more than I was in office. So right. figuring out how to, to to really define what self-care meant for me, I think we all have to do that in student affairs. I don't think we do that well.
0: I think that is a great point. I think a lot of us in higher ed and in other positions and companies around the world even, has experienced working more (laughs) at home than they were at their office. And I'm really proud of you for realizing that and finding what's gonna work for you. And you mentioned that was driving for you. Do you have any other tips for higher ed individuals, maybe if driving around isn't an option for them?
1: One of the great things that we did in our school, and Dr. Ed, who is in our health behavior department, he created what we call support pods. And most of them were virtual. Some people did some things, you know, safely in person, but support pods were peer groups who got together based on things that they have in common. It could be a a pet lover support pod. It could be a parent support pod. I had a queen sugar support pod different groups who have similar interests kind of get together in different ways. It could be virtual, it could be phone calls, it could be chat groups, however you decide to form it and get together on a regular basis. It could be once a month, it could be weekly, it could be every two weeks. And that has been something that I look forward to every week. I get together now that Queen Sugar is back on. I have my support pod for Queen Sugar and I absolutely love it. We have about 15 or 20 different support pods throughout our school. And like I said, there's a pet lovers, there's a parent support pod, there's a research support pod. Um, We have an international student support pod. We have a black student support pod. There's just a lot of different support pods and people kind of get together, different schedules all across the school. It was so successful that it adapted across the university. So they're like all these different types of support pods in different schools across our university. And it has been absolutely wonderful. That has been very helpful.
0: That is great. I think that is something a lot of colleges and universities should be enacting because that keeps us all engaged with each other. I think think, um, speaking with my students, the thing that they miss the most is being around other peers right and having that social aspect they can go to work all day a lot of our students at our institution are the working adults so they have their nine to five job and then you know they're doing their education either in the evening on the weekends in their free time and they really miss going to campus and having that kind of social aspect and so offering the support pods is a nice reprieve from the day-to-day Paths that we have.
1: Absolutely. I think we also have like a book club support pod too. Yeah, but there are lots of different ways that you could. It's been great. Students have created their own. I think there was um like a walking support pod where students, you know, gather safely, did their social distancing, but they did go out and do some hiking. I think there was a canoeing support pod, lots of different different things that students did.
0: So just to make sure that I'm understanding, you guys kind of as the department hosted a few, like, for example, pet lovers. And then as students were getting more engaged, they would recommend something they really wanted. And then you all as a department or as the university would then organize that for them?
1: No, well, students did it their own. So you, awesome. if you were interested in something, you would pick a leader So if a student said, hey, I'm interested in creating a pet level support pod, then they would, you know, we had like a set of instructions and they would create it. And you like post the link and students could just like go on the website and just sign up for if they wanted to join. So everybody had like a natural leader for your group. And people would just kind of go to the link, sign up for it and join at their leisure.
0: I think that's great. And you never know what someone is interested in. So having- yeah, so having such a broad range from pet lovers to books to, um, you could even do like a coffee, right? People just love coffee and yes. you can do a support pod on that. <laughs> I think
1: there was a new one about um, like redesigning your home environment. Like I didn't even know that one was like posted until like last night.
0: That's an interesting like, one, especially
1: new and creative things. Yeah, it's really it's been really good.
0: That's great. Especially since we all are in our homes right now, redesigning it and making sure that it's a positive and warm environment that we want to live in and spend our time in really makes a difference.
1: I know. I thought I was going to save money during the pandemic. No, because I spent so much money doing home improvement things I have not. (laughs) Save the same. No.
0: Yes. Well, I didn't have a desk at first. Mm hmm. I didn't have a desk. I know,
1: right? My husband's at a desk. I'm at the kitchen table still, but I like the lighting here. So I'm just going to stay in the kitchen.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, I, I was working pretty much off my bed. I think a lot of individuals can relate that for the first couple weeks when we were all to work from home i was like we'll be back in a few weeks so i'll just kind of use my laptop and you know work in my room and i don't have a right. desk in my room <laughs> and so i think a few months in i was like i don't know if we'll be returning anytime soon exactly and so i need to buy a desk and like a chair and all the whole setup right
1: <laughs> right we figured out very quickly we're not going back
0: anytime soon. oh i'm not too sure <laughs> That's great. Well, I think that support pods are a brilliant initiative, and I hope our listeners today find that equally as interesting and bring that back to their own institutions and provide that as a resource for students.
1: I did Give all of that credit to Ed Fisher. He's amazing.
0: Awesome. Shout out to Ed Fisher. <laughs>
1: And Peers for Progress is the group that he works with at our school, at um, School of Public Health. So it's a really strong group.
0: That's wonderful. Awesome, Charletta. Well, thank you so much for shedding light on support pods and what UNC is doing. For the students and for their Absolutely. their staff and faculty to stay connected. Is there anything you would like to promote? Anything that you would like to share as a resource to our listeners?
1: One other thing that we did, I, I think, been really helpful was the virtual student website um, it got a lot of hits throughout the year we made sure that we put all of our virtual events everything virtually that was happening on campus in the area we put cooking sites game sites as much as we could so students could you know keep engaged to find information that website was very helpful. Trying to do surveys with students to see how they were feeling and get a pulse of how they were doing, I think, has been very helpful. We usually have an annual student leaders appreciation luncheon. We're, like, we're trying to figure out a different way to do it because we can't meet in person. We're like, do you want to do a Zoom event? they were like, no, we're tired. I'm like, thank you. So just reaching out to students and just saying, what is it that you want to do? Are you tired of this? Do you want more of this? A quick survey, just in, and not all the student body. You know, we just always ask a core group of students, you know, what's your pulse on some things right now? Getting student feedback about some things is always essential. And that kind of helps us move along with the pulse of what we want to do and how we need to kind of navigate and move toward the future. You know, I asked students about the wine now down Wednesdays. I said, you know, I, you know, don't know when we're going to go back to being normal again or whatever normal means. I said, but I like the virtual space. And they were like, we do too. Let's keep this virtual. Let's not ever have this in person. I said, well, let's do it. That's
0: right. We just have to listen to we our do. students. <laughs>
1: yeah. And continue to take care of ourselves. And I think we all have to define what that means for us. I think it looks different for all of us. It could be sleep. It could be meditation. It could be your own support pod, however you want to create it. It could be prayer. um, Defining what that means. I would encourage everybody, if you could share the the site I gave you, the workshop that we had, the Wind Down Wednesday on identity and self-worth. Um, A speaker talked about creating your own personal statement of who you are, was very enlightening. I don't have a personal statement of who I am. I'm still trying to create one. Um, That was really interesting, Um, how you define yourself. I think that helps us figure out how we take care of ourselves.
0: I agree. I think learning how to best support ourselves Mm -hmm. comes with understanding what we need and who we are. Um, Something that might work for me might not work for you. And so that's that's not going to, yeah, so that's not going to benefit myself if I'm doing something that is actually in turn giving me anxiety, right? Or Uh, (laughs) more stress and not relaxing me.
1: I totally agree.
0: Well, thank you again so much, Charletta. I think this has been an exciting episode. I really appreciate you sharing more about Support Pods. Thank you.
1: Actually, this has been great. I do appreciate it.
0: Well, that is it for another episode of Campus Connections. If you enjoyed this show, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review here wherever you are listening. Until next time.